Hi, this is Rich. And this is Kyle. Welcome to episode 78 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week, it's Mare Do Not by A Perfect Circle. Let's get into it. How are you? I'm fine. It's been great. Two minutes since we recorded Iron Maiden. Less than, I would Le- say. Yeah. yeah. We're on fucking world record pace. And <laughs> there is very little going on in my life that I oh. need to update you on, I don't think. So, sorry. Yeah. All's good. How about you? Fine. What have you held back from me this still, week? No, still all's good. Uh, once we finish this, I'm going to pack my bags because I'm going home tomorrow. Woo! Woo! Which would be nice. Um, yeah. I've got Friday off. Um, so tomorrow is the end of my week. Oh! But then I'm working Saturday and Sunday, and then I've got Monday off. So it's a yeah odd weekend for me. That's a big pile of shit. So are you back and forth? Yes. Ugh. Very much so. Yeah, I think I'm working every Saturday between now and the end of the job as well, which is rubbish. That does sound rubbish. Not a fan. Yeah, not a fan. I'll tell them. Yeah. I does not approve. Yeah, <laughs> of your working methods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you see that they is. Uh, some companies are taking part in this like government trial to do four day weeks. Oh, I know. To, uh, yeah, I saw that it was an initiative. Like see yeah. the findings and and see if they can roll it out for everyone. Oh, please, yes, please. Yeah, I mean, there's there's absolutely no way they would go for that in the film industry. No, that's for sure. I'll tell you that. Never get anything done. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, we don't get anything done with five days a week. <laughs> Oh well, I'll, I mean, the rest of us will be having a great time. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm sure you will be, yeah. Otherwise, we've been listening to an album. We have. A French title. We have. Mère du Nom, which means a sea of names. Which makes sense once you look at the track listing. It certainly does, yeah. I've never really thought about it before. I've just always thought, wow, there's a lot of these songs that are named after me. <laughs> so as we said last week, I, I mean, I don't really know them as a band, but I have listened to this album off and on a few times. Okay. Just, um, I think my friend... Like showed me Judith and Three Libras, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Once upon a time, and then just occasionally, I will go listen to a random album on Spotify, and sometimes it's this one. I don't know why. Okay. But I don't know it well enough to like. I couldn't have done this without notes or without no, like listening to it or whatever. But so did you when you first tried them out? Was it because of any affiliation with Tool or just literally just hey, there's a band? No, yeah. I mean, I don't. When I first listened to them, I didn't even realize who he was i don't think okay um i certainly listened to them for the, for the very first time before i listened to any tool uh, and then i think i probably made that connection and then ever since then until about this week i've just always assumed therefore that they were his side project yes and it's really not at all no do you want to talk about their their stuff? I will talk about their stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they are a rock alternative metal band, yes. I guess, mm-hmm. um, formed in 1999. Um, and it's sort of uh, the the brainchild, sort of, of Maynard James Keenan from Tool, but mostly of Billy Howardell, who was a guitar tech for Tool and for Smashing Pumpkins and uh, um, he was also I think he met Maynard when they were um, when he was guitar teching for a band that was playing with Tool uh, Fishbone I think they were called yeah um, Tool were actually supporting Fishbone which is strange because I've never heard of Fishbone no. <laughs> Tool were massive but um, that was after their first album I think Tool's and um, they got on and and uh, he ended up living in Maynard's spare room yeah. for a bit in Hollywood and, and he was like hey Maynard do you want to listen to some of the demos I've been making of yeah. my own you know I'm not just a guitar tech I'm <laughs> also an accomplished guitarist I'm a human being and yeah exactly yeah and Maynard was like sure this is actually pretty good and I can picture myself singing these songs and mm. then Billy was like oh well I pictured a female voice yeah. okay <laughs> well you can fuck sure, off you can just yeah you can just walk all over my band sure yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, then they just gathered people from from other bands. Basically, they've uh, at this point. I mean, this is their debut album. A year later, um, 
and it also features uh, Troy Van Leeuwen, um, who plays some lead guitar on the album. He was uh, borrowed from Queens of Stone Age, mm-hmm. uh, or has at least since been part of Queens of Stone Age. <laughs> um, they've got <laughs> um, Paz Lenchantin. Mm-hmm. Is that how we're going to say that, her name? Yeah. She plays bass on... Well, just on one song, even though she's listed as the bassist. Yeah. Um, but she mostly does all the strings and violins and stuff. Yeah. Uh, she's most well known for being part of Pixies. Um, and then you've got Tim Alexander playing drums on one song. He's the drummer from Primus. And then mostly you've got um, Josh Fries mm-hmm. uh, playing playing the drums. Oh, but he he's also played for Guns N' Roses and yeah, he's, and Weezer. I so know his he, name, he's yeah. He's, he played on yeah. Chris Cornell's first solo album. I looked it up because I was like, oh. I know that guy's name. And he played on Slash's first solo album as well. Like I've, oh, I know okay. I know him as like a very like respected session drummer, I think. Yeah, and I think he did Chinese Democracy, did he? Yeah, his discography is like yeah. fucking Kelly Clarkson, Avril Lavigne, Michael Bublé, Katy Perry. Like oh, he, wow. he, he plays with fucking everyone. Okay, fine. That's cool. Mm. Um, it's nice to see a session drummer like being actually like part of bands as well yeah um and it was self-produced by billy as well um and mostly i guess just being you know a guitar tech like first like first and foremost he's just sort of got that mind of like listening to things as well as just being a musician yeah he's just you know listening for certain things so uh yeah produced by him uh mixed by alan Mulder, who uh has has Worked with a lot of bands, uh, My Bloody Valentine, uh, The Cure, U2, Depeche Mode. Uh, he did Smashing Pumpkins. Um, what's it called? Siamese Dream? Is I want to say called? Dream. Dream was what came to my yeah. head, yeah. Uh, loads of bands. Not, uh, Arctic Monkeys, Corn, Wolf Mother. Bloody loads hell. of people. Yeah, he's done a lot. And I couldn't see where it was where it was recorded. but No, uh, maybe Billy's Bedroom. Maybe in Billy's bedroom, yeah, maybe. Um, and it did quite well in the charts, didn't it? Kyle? Yes, this this really surprised me. This fact that it is, yeah, it is the highest ever charting uh, debut rock album on the Billboard 200. It got to number four. Yeah, so I think that means it's the highest a rock album, a debut rock album has ever debuted on the charts. Yes, right? yeah, debuted being the key word, I think. Because I was like, I'm sure Hybrid Theory got to number one and fucking Guns N' Roses and... Well, this was before Hybrid Theory. Yeah, but also Hybrid Theory debuted quite low, don't you remember, and then worked its way yes. up. Yes. Whereas this debuted at number four and it was their debut album and that's that yeah. makes it the highest ever rock debut debut. But yeah, I was surprised because I was like, surely... Uh, Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, would exactly. Have just jump, jump straight in at number one, but I guess yeah. it didn't. No, it didn't. I think I think we um, talked about like it got no airplay. Do you remember for like six months, and then they like convinced someone to play Welcome to the Jungle. It's because it's rubbish. Yeah, it is because um, it's rubbish. Uh, it was released May twenty third, two thousand. So it was about five months before Hybrid Theory, um, and that's a really interesting time to think about this album coming yes. out because it feels very sort of mid noughties yeah um, I would agree and and there's a lot of things in it which it sort of floats between new metal mm-hmm. and post grunge and yeah. almost full on grunge at some points yeah and and to think that it was actually before most of new metal yeah not that long after grunge like it's I don't know it, it feels very much like a 2005 it does. rock album yeah um, I guess that makes it more impressive because it's potentially yeah. the first one. pioneer um yeah exactly um and yeah it, it's been it's been interesting learning about them as a band and, and not just thinking this is a side project from tool but, yeah i mean it's a lot more than that um but yes yeah, so it sold nearly two hundred thousand copies in its first week which is probably how it got to number four straight away yeah um nsync no strings attached was number one that's I mean, why it didn't go any higher still number one in my heart classic yeah, and Whitney Houston's Greatest Hits was number one in the UK at the time, so therefore this only got to 55, Shit. which is, you know, sort of, I don't know. I was surprised it got to number four, to be fair. Yeah, me too. Like, it's it's kind of a weird album. Yeah, it's um, a weird album, yeah. And it didn't sell that so, well, so, like... Well, I'm, no, it's... Uh, I, I mean, think it's sold almost two million in the 
in America by now. Yeah, I think, but I'm just, I'm basically thinking because of the debut stat figure is all I'm thinking. I'm thinking right, like yeah. Guns N' Roses is literally the best-selling debut album of all time and Hybrid yeah. Theory is like 20 million or something. And so... Well, I mean, maybe this like rocketed up there to number four and then just was straight out of the charts the next week. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, it's strange to think about. So we've done a lineup there. Do you want to just uh, get straight into the songs? Sure. Did you want to talk about um, reception at all? Mainly because Rolling Stone, again, two and a half stars. Oh, yeah. Did I? Yes. I I know I didn't get their review up this week. The only uh, did you uh, read quote. It? No, the only quote I've seen is that a perfect circle sound like a desperate dream of what rock used to be. <laughs> what does Blimey. that mean? What does that mean, Rich? <laughs> It means they just want to sound like Iron Maiden. That's what it is. But, you know, <laughs> don't, don't we? Iron Maiden is just a, just proof that bad music is hell. So yeah, exactly. Why would you want to sound like classic rock when you don't even like classic rock? <laughs> Fucking Rolling Stone. <laughs> Who, who's writing? For I these know. People? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiots. So uh, right. Bizarre. But yeah, generally it got sort of pretty well reviewed. Four yeah, out of five. It seems to be. Yeah. Uh, so let's do a track listing. Okay. So yes. we have let's the go Hollow. Through the sea of names. Let's. Sorry, yes. No. The Hollow. Magdalena, Rose, Judith, Orestes, or maybe Orestes, I'm not sure. Three Libras, Sleeping Beauty, Thomas, Ren Holder, Thinking of You, Brenya, or Brenna, or Brina. Brenya. Brenya, yeah. Over. And that is all. That is all. Then then it is over. Um, Okay, your first impression The Hollow. I mean, it's cool. Like you say, it's got that very mid-noughties feel. Like the guitars are quite like, not simple, but you know, there's there's a there's a push-pull to this. It's in it's in like six eight, but it's basically just four bars, three bars of four, but with a weird accent in the middle, so you sort of lose your place. Um, yeah. But it's got that. So I thought I didn't know if I was going to be getting tool weirdness you know if it was like a, a side project for Maynard but it's actually just tool songs you know under a yeah. different guise or if I was going to be getting like straightforward rock and it's like him I'm sick of odd times I'm just going to play in 4-4 four four. Yeah. and it's kind of yeah. it's kind of neither really is it it's sort of like a very it is neither yeah I think alt rock is the best way to put it it's a, it's a, a strange little record mm. and yeah this starts off so it's just got that like simple sliding riff but with the cool odd time to sort of give you that like just oh a bit of a jolt jolts you awake yeah and then i think his voice throughout the whole album is really really i mean he's got a great voice i kind of forgot how good his voice is but his he, voice is great isn't yeah it? but he's really low-key i think on this album he's very yes it feels a lot more back. intimate than uh than sort of the grandeur of how he's how he sounded on the couple of tall albums we've listened yeah to. yeah what about you? So you yeah. know this. How how did it feel getting back to it? Yeah, it was great. I mean, the, the the first thing that I noticed every single time I started the hollow, because a lot of the time I would listen to. Well, we won't have this on the. I know we we tell people we record two at a time. Yeah. So I like a lot of the time I would listen to Number of the Beast and then go straight into the hollow. Like, and that was the two of them is pretty much my journey home. Yeah. At, uh, at the weekend, right? And the the mixed difference between them, it like. Steve's bass on the number of the beast is yeah. so high in the mix, but like high pitched as well. Mm-hmm. And then going into this, where it's like almost all bass, and you can't really hear the guitar. Yeah, like I was so muddied by it every single time. Yeah. It was like such a adjustment to make. But yeah, I think it's cool. I think his uh, there is a lot of push pull to the riffs on this album. It mm-hmm. feels quite Kim Thiley in a way. Yeah, like this this riff is is kind of odd and it doesn't necessarily it's not like riffing in the sense of well in the sense of like Iron Maiden or like doing anything sort of like clever but it's just this strange descending of notes with yeah. a stop and a start and another stop yeah and it's it's just such a sort of grungy sensibility where it doesn't like the riff doesn't actually say anything but it has this sort of cool weird mood to it yeah, it's, I think Kim Thao is a good shout, actually, because it's got... The verse riff has those sort of harmonics, like the... Mm-hmm. That thing. And then that start yeah. of that chorus has a very, like, weird feel when it starts with, like, the... Into the chord, you know what I mean? Like, it's really a really yeah. strange way to start your chorus. And I feel yeah. like that's the sort of thing that Kim Thao would probably... 
think of do or like not even think twice about being like yeah of course mm. that's the riff what the fuck are you talking about yeah um but it's cool it's uh so this is the only one with thomas drumming Tom's, yeah where, where's thomas come from tim tim yeah <laughs> i'll make tim tom drumming. there's none with thomas thomas hark <laughs> drumming yeah um, can't you no, tell it's the only one with tim uh, tim alexander's drumming it's a real shame because i think his drums sound great i think he mm. does a really great job on it yeah um i guess they just didn't want him to do the rest or something i don't really know i didn't look no i've come up with yeah something went wrong but poor guy bad should have got nico mcbrain in should have dinda linda linda and i think throughout the album generally i'm sort of okay with the fact that there's so many guitars coming and going because the whole thing feels very sort of spatial and ethereal yeah that it doesn't sound like four guys locked in a room playing mm-hmm it, it sounds like this project of sounds most of the time. Yeah. So it's absolutely fine that there's like overdubs everywhere and, and just like strange like uh, pedals going on yeah. all over the place. Yeah. I was wondering how it would work live because you're right. It does feel like the type of project where you think, well, I like I'm in this big band. And so let's just like get together and write some songs and make them however we want to make them. And we don't mm. have to worry about taking it on tour because... And we're not going to do it, but they do do it. So yeah, like they do, very yeah. Much, yeah. So I wonder how they because there is a lot of production going on. Like there's lots of like industrial sort of rumbles and synths and there's mm-hmm. violins and and like you say about four guitar parts and you know I just yeah. wonder if they if their lineup really is five people then I have no fucking idea how they do any of this on stage. No, I mean surely I mean Paz wouldn't be playing violins and bass. You'd well, imagine surely not. she'd be doing one or the other. <laughs> yeah, she? unless she's the greatest <laughs> violin with her teeth. While she plays bass. Yeah. Really? Maybe. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it is really nice to hear Maynard's voice mm. against something that's not sort of really challenging. hard to think about and challenging. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's not a straight down the line rock album, but it's also no. not. Not at all. Sort of difficult. It's not at all. Exactly. Yeah. I love the, going into Magdalena, I really love the sort of dark, ethereal bass that just sort of like rumbles through yeah, it's, yeah yeah it's really fast because it's the 16th but it sound it's got this like really just sort of like churning mm-hmm. like constant like droning sound to it yeah it, it does yeah because the drums are really low key on this and then that again like the first sort of the first time you hear that really the guitar is like like yeah. whatever he's doing the infinite sustain up the top yeah it, it's just really moody and it's lovely to hear yeah just all the sort of like feedbacky guitar and I think that works really well because it's so high and so sort of untuneful in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And then be- below that, you've got this quite simple drum and bass rhythm section. Mm. And those two things, like they feel so far apart from each other that it it sort of stretches the song to, I don't know, it just feels like it. it's quite thin, obviously, because there's not that many elements yeah. going on. But it just has a real mood to it. I think untuneful is a very good way to describe it. And I don't mean that <laughs> as an insult. Like, I think yeah. a lot of the high drones and stuff, are, they don't feel very like... He's not tried to find the nicest notes. And there's, no. there's a fair few bits on the album when he's doing like a bend, like maybe like a double stop. like. Yeah. And again, it doesn't feel like he's trying to feel like, oh, what I can change with the chords. It feels like he's just gone, I'll just do this one over whatever yeah. happens underneath me. And fuck mm-hmm. you. And yeah, it, it's cool, but it's really unsettling. Like, which is uh, <laughs> it is a choice, I suppose. <laughs> it is a choice. Yeah. Uh, do you like Magdalena? I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I do. I've got to say, I do really like Maynard's lyrics. Like, I don't always know. Kind of like Arcane mm. Roots. I don't always know what the hell he's talking about. But nope. he's got a good way with words. His his choice of language, I think, is really interesting. Um, he, you know, he yep. throws it. We sort of we've had this with Tool, haven't we? Where he you know, uses words and concepts that just go straight over my fucking head because I've no, he's talking about some <laughs> ancient fucking Greek philosophy bollocks or whatever. Um, yeah. But it's cool. But he also has an ear for a melody. You kind of forget, because I think I always think of Tool as just this prog, like, behemoth, you know, where everything mm. is, like, tuned, fine-tuned to the, to the second. And you forget yeah. that he's just a really good sort of lyricist slash vocalist. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly is, yeah. There's one thing about this song which I find strange is that in the sort of between the second verse and the chorus, there's uh, some cymbal crashes, mm-hmm. which are very like 
right ear and left ear. Yeah. And they sound very copy-pasted. Right. Because there's a part which is almost just drums, I guess just with that sort of droning bass with it. Yeah. And it sort of just sounds like the same cymbal on... And he does it, like, more than you usually would, like, every four. And it just sounds so copy-pasted it's very strange yeah i mean there is there's a song later on that sounds like sampled drums so i do wonder if yeah if there's like if there's that element of industrial sampling and you know what i mean like if it's not necessarily all live yeah fair point um and they definitely this song made me realize that they they rarely do the standard like verse chorus then back to a verse then back to a chorus yeah usually it's verse chorus then a bridge or a solo and then maybe something else afterwards but mm-hmm. generally i mean it's it's 11 it's 12 songs in 44 minutes or something and i mean the longest one is uh like four and a half minutes like yeah nothing nothing ever feels longer than it needs to be it's it's pretty snappy i think yeah which again it's not fair i'm just i'm gonna keep referencing tool but you're right that like that sort of element of tool where it's it's not obviously verse chorus verse chorus like bridge outro like i feel like they've sort of condensed that idea but into like songs that are half as long it's still not yeah you're generic yeah. but it's just not quite as lengthy as a tool album yeah but it's interesting like if this was released in 2000 a lot of the albums we look at from then are all like 15 16 songs mm-hmm. and feel very like oh god and another one, and yeah. another one. <laughs> yes and like so like putting it in context with them as well is, is quite interesting that it, it does sort of just like keep itself moving quite well. Yeah, absolutely. My final note on Magdalena is that whenever he says I'd sell my soul, I always think he's saying Marcel Marceau. <laughs> I wish he was. <laughs> I've thought that for years. I was just like, why is he singing about him? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. It's true. It's true. Um, nice hard stop at the end of this song as well as yeah. most of the songs have on this album they do no time for pubens here it was, uh, no, no exactly yeah got places to be how do you feel about Rose this is a strange song mm, like it it's. I still don't know if that's a guitar at the start like it starts with that like acoustic picking and then that like I don't know what it is yeah I don't like, know what it is I was going to ask you yeah I don't know like you say because he's a guitar tech maybe he's got the the knowledge of pedals and and like EQs and mm. and like just all the different things you can do to a guitar, yeah. And then like maybe the time and space to just sort of mess around with stuff because he's producing it himself. But mm. I don't know if it's just this is that thing. It's got that really industrial. If it's got that really sort of new metal kind of feel of just weird yeah. rumbles and weird machiny sounds and like sort of percussiony, you know, just hits here and there, and it eventually yeah. becomes a sort of more normal song, but. The first sort of two minutes of this are really odd. They certainly are. I think it's really interesting how it sort of bridges sections by using like a really quiet acoustic part. Like it's an interesting thing to like go from verse to chorus or chorus back to verse by just having this sort of like five second chill out almost. Yeah. acoustic thing I don't, I don't feel like most other people would do that. Like no. you'd, you'd go back to a big riff and then go into the verse. You wouldn't yeah. just sort of tone everything down mm. and then kick it back up. It's it's interesting. It is. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice. I like it. And uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I, th- I think because of everything they're doing guitar-wise and things, like the dynamics on this album are really interesting. How like the quiet, like when it goes quiet and when it comes massive and stuff, like it works so well every mm-hmm. time it does one of those things. It's It's really nicely made. It is. It's also maybe the first time that we properly hear violin, like the end of this ends with yeah. just, just strings. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. I always love yeah. strings. Nice. Unexpected and strings. It's, um, it's not just the normal sort of root note sort of yeah. fours either. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an interesting part. Um, and then we go into a song which sort of pairs with 10,000 Days. From I, that is literally my first note as well. Yeah. Because again, it's about his mum. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we talked sort of at length about on that episode. Yeah, and it's quite interesting hearing like the same songwriter sing about the same subject, mm-hmm. but in a very different way. Yes, it's very like he sounds really angry. In he this does. Song. Yeah, compared to Ten Thousand Days. I, yeah, I don't think he did in Ten Thousand Days. Did he? No, that was what six years later, two thousand six. 
Yeah. So she'd passed away. She was still alive at this point, right? I think she passed away in 2003. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Like you say, it's weird to hear the sort of the anger at what's happening. And then mm. six years and three years removed, the sort of, yeah. I guess, reckoning or like coming yeah, coming, coming at it from a different angle. terms with it, yeah. Yeah, but this is a goddamn fucking tune and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great, great song. It is. I feel I like... Love, I love how often they start the songs with that... Do, 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 yeah, yeah, me and too. Go into it like it. It happens quite like a surprising amount, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It sort of. I don't know why more people don't do it. It feels like you're in the middle of something. I don't know why. Yeah, like like yeah, a film yeah. feels like you've just you've just come from somewhere. Um, yeah, I would say like I'd love this, and it's so. This feels really two thousands. That fucking da 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 da. It could be like, could be Limp Biscuit. It could be you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Puddle of Mud. It yeah, could be really any of those be, things. Yeah. But. I would say this is the lead single is not indicative of the album. I think if I'd heard this, mm-hmm. I would think I was in for something completely different with this record. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, that's true. Not in a bad way. I'm not saying this is the only good song and the other 11 are all shit, but I just mean it doesn't mm. necessarily like tell you what what you're going to get from the other 11 tracks. No, I think this like this song is pretty much like it, it does things which are very new metal and it does things which are very grungy, but like the other songs play with those ideas yes. a lot more, whereas this one feels like a song from those genres. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess if you heard this and then bought the album, you'd be expecting something a bit more like of the time from one of those genres rather than something that's playing with these ideas. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I just love this song, Top to Bottom. I think it's great. I love that because it sort of starts quite low key and you think it's the verse but then you get the you know like the fuck your god when he's screaming a line and then singing yeah. a line. nice size yeah again it's sort of that's the only Billy, time on the album Billy shouting that I was going to say it's the only time on, your, on yeah. the album you hear a scream and it's not him yeah so yeah actually the, the angriest part in the song is actually not, yeah. not him <laughs> which is oh. interesting and then we get into Orestes mm-hmm. I guess is how we'd say uh, yeah, it. I've never heard this as a name I mean there's a lot of names in here which it's quite a I don't know, quite a world-spanning album in yeah. terms of names. Uh, but it's. I think it works really well following that song with yeah. this song, like with a ballad, basically. It's, yeah. And it's it's not... I don't know, it feels a lot more down, like straight down the line because it's it's got the... It's got the, like the acoustic intro and it's got the strings and everything. But even then, you've still got this slightly off-kilter drum beat and this like ghostly voice in the background mm-hmm. and like the picking the picking is never just like normal like arpeggio picking yeah. or anything it's it's quite strange notes every time yeah every every time and it's in 6 8 this yeah. and he's not doing the yeah. 1 2 3 ding 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 you know what i mean he's not doing that it's like it's he picks yeah. through things and over things but yeah i know what you mean i like the the first feel of this is great maynard sounds amazing in it but mm. but like there's about four voices sort of wrapping around everything and then like you say the drums are sort of low key but there's a bit when they play the sort of first chorus and it's quite low key he does like a like he does like a really soft (laughs) like i don't know how he's done it without it sounding overdone but it's yeah it's really cool and it sort of slowly builds and builds it's quite uh this is i think Mm. this is the longest song this is nearly five minutes this yeah and it sort of takes you on a little building 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 journey and finally kicks in with some big distortiony stuff right near the end but yeah, it's cool. It's uh, like you say, it's a perfect uh, like juxtaposition from from Judith. Mm, it certainly is, and it's. I think it's really interesting how. Bef- so I, I think, similarly to a lot of the other songs, it, it's sort of building to this certain thing which happens maybe halfway through. So this yeah. this song, the first half feels like it's all building to the uh, one more medicated peaceful moment section. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that first section, where you you're going from like verse to chorus and stuff, the dynamic between those sections doesn't change at all and the yeah. music doesn't change at all but you you definitely know that there's a shift mm-hmm. i think it must literally just be because of what maynard's doing maybe mm. because literally everything else stays the same it's really interesting but mm. there's clearly a divide there so there's something that they've done which makes you know that it's changed even though when you really think about it nothing really has yeah which is strange but um yeah i, I love that refrain when it when it eventually comes in because it's so sort of like dreamy but it's sort of like heavy without you realizing it which is a lot of this album it's mm-hmm. quite like big and distorted when it happens but there's something about the production of it which still feels quite understated 
Yeah, which for a guitarist is amazing, like you say, because he could yeah. so easily have just been like, well, it's a guitar album because I'm a guitar tech guitarist. Yeah. And I yeah. just sort of everything else can... But he's like, he's basically mixed himself out most of the time or, <laughs> yeah, or he, he's, he's very much has. not the centre of attention. No, it's interesting. Maybe he doesn't... Maybe he's actually really bad at guitar. Yeah. <laughs> maybe just. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, yeah, as you say, this is the longest song and it it does noodle around towards the end but i still even this i don't think feels like it goes on longer than it needs to like no. it, it feels like it's building towards a purpose doesn't it yeah i think so yeah um three libras so sort of two almost ballads in a row yeah this sounds like incubus to me i don't know if it's his voice sounding yes. a bit like brandon yeah. but that when it kicks yeah. in it's all like a finger picked acoustic and then when it kicks yeah. in with the rim shot on every beat like yeah. it's just very incubus and I'm here yeah, for it. Yeah, I've, uh, I've said the same thing. But, I mean, it was... Incubus at this point were very sort of new metal and a lot heavier than this. So it's sort of pre the Incubus that we've that listened we, yeah. to. But it sounds more like that side of it. Yeah, it which does. Which is, uh, yeah, is interesting. I, I really like it. Um, it's uh, I think that sort of pre-chorus, chorus melody is maybe like one of my favourite bits on the album. Um, yeah. I can't remember. The, for some reason, I didn't write down the lyrics of it, but... I mean, you can go listen to it if, mm-hmm. if you're interested in it. Um, but yeah, it's cool. And uh, and interestingly, they later on in this song, they repeat the second verse, but as a chorus. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, it, it took me so long to realise until I was literally looking at the lyrics. I was like, oh, you've just used the verse yeah. as a chorus, <laughs> you sneaky bastards. You lazy bastards. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and it's uh, yeah again it just sort of like mixes such weird things because it's got this like really melancholic tone to it mm. but then and it's got that yeah as you said like that sort of, sort of quite chill out incubacy sort of feel but then it's also got this like really razory octave chord but even when that's in there it still sounds sort of beautiful in a way even yeah. though it's this really like harsh guitar mm. Yeah, there's something about that sound. I guess it's they the get. strings as well, maybe. Yeah, that usually Help helps. Them, yeah, I don't know. There's something about that feel of the sort of low key, like muddied, sort of subdued distortion with Maynard mm. not necessarily raising his voice. It's just a really interesting dynamic, and I, uh, I'm here for it. Yeah. Do you like Sleeping Beauty? I fucking love Sleeping Beauty. It's so good. Mm. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Like it was, it's always fun learning an odd time. So I had lots yeah. of fun trying to get the intro down. But yeah, I just think it's great. I think it's, again, re- lyrically really, really strong and melodically really, really strong for a song that could probably have sort of like stayed odd time and sort of gone up its own arse. I think it, yeah. I think the verse is really sort of straightforward and his, his melody brings it down to being like, you sort of forget that they're going, dum, dum, da, dum, dum, like, you know, doing a three bar. Yeah, yeah. And it's wonderful, and I love the way it opens up in the chorus. Just absolutely huge when he's doing the, when it and the post-chorus when he's doing the Sleeping Beauty bit. Oh, I yeah. really like it. What about you? Yeah, does that count as a post-chorus? Or yeah, I guess so. Really, it's sort of didn't really know what to call things in this album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's high as a, a section. Yeah, yeah. There's rarely sections which are because there's so f- few repetitions. Yeah. Of, of of like specific sections. I mean, mm-hmm. in this one, he repeats that section vocally but it's over different music the yeah. second time. And it's like, it it sort of throws you every time because nothing is ever just the formula. Yeah. It's everything's changing, which is really interesting. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, I think for something that does that, it never feels, it feels still really like easy to listen to and mm. really accessible, which is really interesting. It is. It's got, uh, it's got kind of like a, pop rock feel to it this song a lot of the time and there's that riff at 323 which i don't know what it is it almost sounds like a vocalized keyboard or something do you know what that is do you know how they're doing that no it's another one of those things that i'm just like is that a synth is that a guitar with 16 effects on it it what yeah is it like you say is it is it a is it a vocal with like a a vocoder on it and like someone's playing do 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 i have i couldn't tell you but sounds cool. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And then another big hard stop. Love a big hard stop. Love it. Um, so then Thomas starts with this really weird 
really quiet acoustic picking that you can barely tell is there. Yeah. And then the biggest riff on the album. Yeah. <laughs> Just drops right into a big old uh, half-time fucking yeah. riff. I mean, that is like... That's straight grunge. Like, straight up yeah. 90s Seattle, that group. Yeah, that yeah, riff yeah. It's so good. I love it. And then... Yeah. And then you go into, like, this really muted chorus. I, I wasn't a huge fan of like the muted uh muted sorry muted verse in yeah sleeping beauty okay. because it, it it felt a little bit more sort of um i guess because the whole album is is generally full of these really interesting things in that song it, it just felt slightly blander compared to the rest whereas yeah. in this one i think it works so well because it's so sludgy and just just chin, 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 chin. like it's it's going into that, yeah. I can't get over the note in the verse. It just sounds wrong to me. It probably is. Like, <laughs> yeah, I actually guess his track record. It yeah. just sounds like he's chosen the worst fucking note to hang on for his verse. Um, yeah. But yeah, but then you get like, it's cool. And then you get to the end and you get that fucking big fat, like three zero riff. The ding, ding. So cool. Like it's so unexpected yeah. to finally get a sort of straight down the line. Just riff, riff. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Yeah, and I it's love nice. it. It's nice, and it's song like eight or something. It's, yeah, it's just not expected at this point, is it? Yeah, no. I've had a lot of sections from this album stuck in my head this week at various okay. points. Yeah, but the chorus of this song is the one that's been in my head the most. I would say. Right. Uh, not that that's necessarily giving anything away. I just uh, there's so <laughs> many like strangely catchy stuff mm-hmm. like parts of this album. Like, yeah, none of it's what you'd expect a, a catchy melody to, to get no. in your head, but a lot of it is very sort of, it just gets stuck in there. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, okay, so go into a run holder then. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically an interlude, I guess. Yeah, but uh, track nine. Yeah, it is. I mean, but if you if you think about how Thomas finishes, and then if you then skipped Ren Holder and went straight into Thinking of You, I don't think that would work at all. Like, I think it sort of works quite well as a little palate cleanser. Yeah. Almost. And it, I mean, he does do some very tall things going into this like back part of the album. Yeah. Did you read about what this song is and what it means and things? I saw it's their, one of their friends or one of their techs or something. It's his name backwards or something. Explain it to me. Yeah. So it's, so backwards it would be re D loner, which is, I guess about, Daniel Loner, who's a yeah, I think he was a, a band member, like an early band member of Perfect Circle, right? And uh, so it's sort of like played, uh, sort of written for him. And apparently, if you play the song backwards, then at like twenty two seconds, you can hear someone yelling his name. Christ, <laughs> which is like okay, yeah, we are listening to yeah, you know, <laughs> aren't we? He's he's had something to do with this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, if we uh, if we get past sort of that little two minute interlude back into full on songs, yeah, I, I do think it would have been quite jarring to go straight into this from Thomas. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm only saying that because that there is an interlude. Maybe if there wasn't an interlude, maybe I wouldn't be. Thinking you wouldn't have that. even noticed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Who really um, knows? But yeah, I mean, it's it, for the first like minute or so, it's it's basically a new metal song. Really, really is, yeah. Yeah. That um, pre-chorus, um, is... the tugging at a rhythm to the visions that's in my head, that whole melody, like, <laughs> is so new metal. Yeah, that that sounds like very early Incubus. That's like this era of Incubus. That's what they sound like. Because so, it sounds like there's a bit of scratching sort of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, this, this is the one with the sampled well. sounding drums as well. Like, I, yeah, I exactly, really don't yeah. know what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and then, But then it, this is the one that kicks into Sweet Revelations, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the whole so chorus. It, it has yeah. this like strange new metal like odd thing to it, and then just dun, 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 and then straight into this huge, I don't know, like epic sounding yeah. sing along. Yeah, it's, and then the the only part on the album where they really sort of use this repetition over like a long period of time is the thinking of you section mm-hmm. where he, he basically says that two and a half times times twenty. Yeah, uh, which. <laughs> Which is quite a lot, um, but even then, I think it builds up really nicely. Like it's it's quite small at first, and then when that 
pounding snare comes yeah, in. Yeah, like you feel it coming, eight, don't just, you? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's, yeah, it's big. I like it. Yeah. And then we get onto Brenya, which uh, has like a nice sort of rubber band sort of effect on the guitar. To well, that's the thing. With. I can't tell if it's a bass. I've been wondering this all week. Ah. because Because some of the low notes in that intro are so low. I, th- I think maybe there's... It sounds almost like there's maybe like a synth bass line under there, just like yeah, boom, boom, just going bomb, like rumbling, bomb, bomb. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe they're not playing that note at all on the guitar, and that's just because otherwise it sounds like a acoustic picking just with some strange effects to it. Yeah, or it's someone on a six string bass up here going do do bomb, 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 some fucking dream theater could shit. Be. Yeah, could easily be. So it has like this really sort of ominous tone to that section. Mm. Um, have you listened to much Stained at all? You know what? Really Literally fucking my second thing on this. <laughs> Sounds a bit like Stained. God, it does, doesn't it? It really, really does. And I was so surprised to be saying that 11 songs in like, fuck Stained. Yeah. <laughs> like I've not thought about Stained in ages. No, just that vocal melody of just how yeah. it holds that, that word is mm-hmm. so... Aaron Lewis. It is. And I think this is the same year as Break the Cycle, was it? Or was I think that so. the following yeah. year? Maybe? No, I think yeah. so. Interesting. I didn't actually really know that album that well. I know Fourteen Shades of Grey a lot more than See, I, I knew Break both of those and I don't I don't mm. know if I do any more. Like it's been a long time. I probably would if I put them on. But yeah, Break the I Cycle is huge. 14, 14 Shades of Grey was amazing. Yeah, me too. Is I that the spreadsheet? I don't know. I Break know, the Cycle is. I know. Is it okay? Yeah. I know he's gone a bit a bit strange recently. Oh, has he? You... Well, he's he's very uh, he's just Aaron Lewis singer songwriter now, and he's oh. very uh, make make America great again. Uh, oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh no! Well, fuck that. I thought you were going to say he's now Aaron Lewis featuring Stained. <laughs> like... Oh no, he he's very much on his own singing like doing potentially like country music but it's just like absolutely having a go at like the, the left movement and just fuck like, no wonder the rest of them yeah. left him yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean they had some bangers back in the day well i mean we might listen to it now and be like all not well yeah that, that's true that's the problem isn't yeah. it that is true um yeah but it's good uh there's something about the solo in this song which the fact that there's a solo <laughs> the fact that there's a solo yeah that's actually a solo rather than just like some some sounds yeah um but it sounds like so many wrong notes yeah oh yes that i think if you sped it up and put some whammy on there it could sound like dimebag you're probably like, right it's got that many wrong notes yeah. that it sounds like he wrote it Uh, yeah it is a strange solo because it's like really slow and really bluesy and like really front and Mm. center it's not like the rest of the guitar that's like buried and sort of phased and sort of just in the background going like oh it's literally like spotlight on the guitar solo i'm gonna play loads of wrong notes and very (laughs) swung and exactly this is my moment yeah i'm gonna fuck it right yeah 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 it's weird um and then for two and a half minutes maynard tells us that the album's over so strange i've written that this reminds me of like this this sounds a bit this has that feel to me of you know something in the way at the end of never mind how dare like, you That's no i don't mean like that i mean like that like he was just in the vocal booth with the fucking kalimba uh, just yeah. just out just having a bash and they were like yeah we'll put that on the album <laughs> like one day so yeah i was gonna ask like i i know that it's uh i felt very primary school yeah naming this a xylophone but it's not a xylophone what what is it i only i didn't know they were called a kalimba until this afternoon but it's um you'll have you'll have do you know what they are have you seen them do you know what they look like how am i spelling kalimba with a k k-a-l-k-a-l-i-m-b-a it's one of those things that's just like a bunch of metal rods and you flick them with your with your thumb and they they ping and resonate yeah i've seen one of them i think yeah yeah so i'm just picturing maynard like one day that he was just on his own in the booth just going bin over bing bong bing bong and someone in the booth was like yeah record this we might use it yeah but then some really nice piano there's some lovely piano and then the drums come in at the end and it's like um no it's not that's a different song sorry i've lost my mind that's a different song i've lost my mind 
Which song does have drums on it? I think, um, I'm thinking of Renholder has amazing drums at the end. Sorry, yes, should have said yes, that earlier. Certainly does. Too late. Yeah. But that does have amazing. And then drums did you uh, did you listen really cl- like really closely to the last sort of 10, 15 seconds of this? Yeah, song? I mean, it sounded to me like it was just clips from the rest of the album playing it randomly. Is, yeah. yeah, it is right. Okay, just like coming in and out and very yeah. quietly. Just like I don't even know if it's the takes or if it's just some takes. Like yeah, it, it might not be the ones that they've used on the songs, but it's just parts of the rest of the album and it's basically just him saying it's over yeah and then it sort of does this reverse fade out into a massive hard stop mm. i mean it's it's an odd ending but it's, it's a very sort odd of ending. soothing in a way yeah i guess so it's very strange so uh that's the album and how do you feel coming back to it like sort of officially coming back to it yeah i mean I, until i was sort of writing my notes i didn't really think about the fact that i i didn't really think about why I've randomly listened to this album several times Mm -hmm. and I think it's just because it's a really interesting album and it nothing on it feels stale or long for for an album that's that could easily have been very samey because it's in that sort of genre like I think about how I felt about not that these albums sound at all the same but if I think about how I felt about like Stone Sour yeah. or bands like that, which have that sort of like alt metal sort of noughties sort of sound, I found that album to be so laborious and repetitive almost. Like there was nothing sort of different about it. Whereas every single song on this, it's almost like he's just like experimenting what can they do with the structure and what can they do with the sounds. And I think, yeah, just like it's such a interesting 45 minutes it never feels like you're waiting for the big hit single because sure there's some better songs and some like there's some of the songs are better than others but there's not like here's the massive anthem and here's an album track it's sort of just like a a strange little meander for 45 minutes i think the reason i I randomly come back to this album is it's just really sort of interesting and fun to listen to like every so often uh so yeah i think it's just really varied i like it and it's a hall of fame for me dun, dun, dun. how do you feel about it i it's not a hall of fame for me um okay. but not in a way that i have been lying this whole time and i don't really like it i think it's just <laughs> it's hard to quantify but the, the best way i can describe it is that it's got the same thing that i've had the both times we've listened to tool which is that it's really interesting and i really appreciate the ideas on it and exactly what you said the fact that it's not a new metal album and it's not a post-grunge album and it's not a mid-noughties straight down the line like that that Mm. rears its head all of those things rear their head now and then yeah but that you couldn't ever classify this album in the same bracket as as other bands of the like and so i i really appreciate like you say it's a really it's a really interesting listen and it's really perks your ears up because you can't really sit still and expect anything from it but for whatever reason in the same way that my excuse for loving arcane roots was that i just really like it i I can't really quantify that whatever it is about this and about the tool is that i appreciate them but they don't they don't resonate with me enough for me to sort of want to go back and listen to them you know what i mean sure like i'd happily if it was on i'd happily listen to it and i appreciate what it's doing but it doesn't speak to me in a way that that I want to listen to it sort of particularly often. So yeah, it's yeah. not it's not a Hall of Famer, but but not in a in a way that you know I hated it. Just in a way that hmm. it doesn't feel like a Hall of Famer, and that's as much as I can tell you. That's fair enough. Yeah, I think it's like it's not necessarily an album I would put on repeat all the time. Yeah, but I think it intrigues me enough that I, you know, every, every few months I might be like. I fancy listening to that again yeah. once and then you know then going back to something like Fortitude which I would happily yeah. listen to all day long or something like that it's, yeah. it's it's different like I don't know I like different things with different qualities and I think this sort of just yeah it just intrigues me and it's it's varied it's I, I don't like different things I just like the same no all the time you yeah exactly yeah we know this about you so um, do you do you like three songs from it uh, no, so fuck no. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so Judith, obviously, because absolute yep. banger, and Sleeping Beauty, those two were no-brainers for me. 
And then I'm mm-hmm. sort of uh, at a crossroads between... I think I'd probably go uh, Orestes as my third one, or however we're going to say okay. that. I think that's probably my third. What about you? Well, I've gone Magdalena, Judith, and Thomas. Oh, okay. So Judith's going on the playlist. So no. definitely Judith. And then you get uh, one of your choices. Something. Go ahead. Choose whatever you want. Why, why me? Because you said yes to the album. It's only fair that you get to pick uh, the second track. That's, that's nice. Uh, it would feel unfair, I think, if I was like, I, it's not a Hall of Famer, I'm picking what's going on the playlist. True, true. Um, I think just for the, the sheer volume of that riff, we're going for Thomas. Fine, fine by me. Because it's huge. I it love surely it. is. Okay, are you ready to sing to me, Kyle? Always. Happy birthday! <laughs> right. <laughs> what is? What are you? What am I in for? So next week, we're releasing an episode day before my birthday so yeah as per last year's rules i get to pick the album and i've i've really thought long and hard about it this year oh i <laughs> i don't like that um <laughs> i was thinking for a long time i thought the obvious choice was deftones but obviously we've had a just recent, done one yeah so I, but i don't think i was going to pick deftones anyway because it seems like way too much pressure to be like Kyle, you will like this. God damn it, it's my birthday. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought even though, yeah, obviously we've just listened to them anyway, so that's a no-go. Uh, so I wanted to listen to something not necessarily because it's something that I currently love and want to be like, guys, isn't this the best album ever? I might be saying that in a week's time, but I want to revisit something that I haven't listened to in a long time, which I think is is good for some of the stuff we've talked about recently. Um, in terms of context and stuff. So, Kyle, we're going to be talking about The Poison by Bullet For My Valentine. Oh, okay. Their debut album. Have you uh-huh. listened to this before? No. I okay. remember at the time being aware of the singles, but at the time I was a Trivium fanboy for life, and sure. Bullet weren't as good as Trivium, so why bother? Yeah. Uh, which is silly and, you know, something I don't necessarily agree with now, but I've never listened to it. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, I'm interested to to see what you think, and I'm interested to see what I think. Okay. You know, 15 years later. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, that's what we're gonna go do. Lovely. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and where can people find us in the meantime? We are on Twitter and Instagram at Chew the Metal. You can email us ChewTheMetal at gmail.com if you want to get in touch and suggest some albums, say we're wrong, say we're right, be on the show if you fancy it. Why not? Um, if you also can go onto Apple Podcasts, that's where you can leave us a review and a rating. And if you're on Spotify, they now also do podcast ratings. If you scroll to the top of the feed, you'll see a little star. If you can rate us on there, that would be wonderful. Yes, please. Um, so that's been Made and by Perfect Circle. We're going to go listen to Bullet for My Valentine's The Poison. And we shall see you then for my birthday. Goodbye. Bye. Justin, Justin Rudess, Jordan Rudess, John Myung. No, John Myung. Goodness me. <laughs> I'll, I'll go home now. <laughs>